Amen. Okay, well, we're starting a series in prayer that I am really excited for. And uh, in case you didn't know, there's no such thing as too much prayer, right? So we've already prayed twice. It's going to happen a lot more today and going forward. So just get ready. And it reminds me of this morning a few years back, a morning much like ones that we're going to have in the near future. It was beautiful. It was sunny. It was a little bit chilly. A beautiful spring morning in the inland northwest. And I was going to do one of the most favorite things, one of my most favorite things to do of all time. I was going fishing. Anybody in here like to go fishing? All right, there's a few of us. All right, I was going fishing. But this particular day, I love how somebody's like, no. <laughs> hey, that's okay. That's all right. I'll, I'll, I'll win you over, okay? Oh, that was, that was my aunt. Okay, even better. I was going fishing, and this particular uh, Saturday morning, I was actually taking my daughter with me, and I was going to take her for her very first full-length fishing trip. She's reeled in a fish when she was really tiny. I have footage of it. She's naked, so I can't show it to you. She's like two years old, okay? Um, but it was a really great time, but she hasn't done the whole experience. She hasn't packed the car and, and baited a hook and set the line and waited for some of you longer, for some of us not as long, for the fish to come, right? And she hadn't done all that. And so I decided this is going to be the day that I get to share that with her. So I was too excited. I couldn't wait for her to wake up. I packed the truck. I didn't make her do that. I got all the gear. I got the food ready, all of that. I got it in there. And then when I went in, to wake her up, I sat down next to her bed like I normally do, and I just, you know, gave her a nice little, like, pat on the, on the shoulder and kind of wake her up, and she goes, you know, she kind of opens, like, real sleepy, like, hey, Dad, what's up, you know, kind of like that, and I said, hey, guess what? We're going to go fishing today, and she's like, wait, what? We're doing what? And I said, we're going fishing today. We're going to go to Aloika Lake and go fishing today. And she just looks at me and in true Harper fashion, without even the slightest hesitation, she goes, boring. <laughs> Crushed me. But I knew better. I just knew that she hadn't experienced the true joy of fishing, of going out and setting the hook and reeling the fish in and holding that slimy little thing in her hands. I actually knew she was going to like it, but she didn't know that she was going to like it. She didn't know that it was going to be a great day. And so I did what every dad does is I promised her donuts along the way. And she was like, all right, I'm in, dad, I'm in. Well, I tell you that story because here's the thing. When I say that we are going to start a series on prayer, some of you, whether you admit it or not, inside went, boring. You, yeah, yeah, I know. Will shaking his head. Like, yeah, he's, he's even admitting it. Sometimes we think about prayer and we think to ourselves, man, that is not the most exciting thing. But I would argue that I'm about to share that our staff, our team has designed a series that's going to change your life. Not because we are awesome, but because prayer is awesome. And because God is awesome through prayer, and it's one of the primary ways that we know God and that we communicate with God. And so I would say this, I actually think that it's on a list, a very short list of the most important things that you can do as a Christian. It's essential to a flourishing life. It's a non-negotiable rhythm for the Christ follower, and yet so many of us, myself included, at times in my life, neglect it. 
And when you neglect this gift, you just cannot be a whole person. If you neglect prayer, you cannot be a whole person. It's as simple as that. And so that's why the focus for the next few months for this church will be the topic and the practice and the rhythm and the habits of prayer. Because I want you and our team wants you to experience everything that God has planned for you. And he wants you to to learn about it. He wants you to enjoy it. He wants you to experience it through prayer. The joy, the fullness, the wholeness that comes from engaging in prayer is something that nothing else can do for you. And so boring, yes, it might be an okay response right now. Boring, right? But I promise you, if you commit to what we have designed for you over the next few months, you won't be able to say that. You won't be able to say that any longer. In fact, if you commit to the rhythm of prayer over the next few months, I think you will experience a few things. You'll experience a new level of peace that you've never experienced. Who would love to experience new levels of peace, right? A new level of peace, a new level of connectedness to God and the things that he has for you. You will be more aware of the spiritual battles that are happening around you. Some of us don't realize how deep the devil that Satan is trying to destroy us. And we'll become more aware of the way that he's working in that way. The more we pray, the more you will come alive. The more you pray, the more you will experience the good things of God. So today, I want to focus on three questions that I believe are questions that every single person asks when they consider prayer. And so that's what we're going to spend our time doing today, looking at three questions. So the first question is this, does prayer matter? That's a good question, right? Does prayer matter? And I'm going to read to you from Philippians verses five, I'm sorry, chapter four, verses five through seven. It's going to talk about the importance of prayer, why it matters. So it starts off like this. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So there's times in scripture when I read and I just feel an ease about what the Bible is speaking to me. The passage we talked about last week, Romans 8, especially that first verse, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That is an easy thing to receive, right? It just goes, oh man, yes, and amen, right? But then there's other times that I read in scripture, it gives me instructions, and it seems unrealistic. We're coming to a point in this passage where it tells us to not be anxious about anything. That doesn't seem realistic, right? If I tell you, hey, just don't be anxious about anything, you're going to be like, okay, Pastor Rick. Yeah, right, right? In fact, uh, there's times when I think to myself, this seems so unrealistic that I cannot believe it's actually in Scripture. Anybody relate to that? It's okay. You can raise your hand. We're being real here. But that's what I love about the first part of that verse because it says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. It starts with the fact that this is actually a reasonable way to think, that to not be anxious but instead pray about everything is actually a reasonable way to operate. Still, 
if I'm in a vulnerable moment and we're sitting together and we're having coffee and I'm sharing with you my fears and my stresses and you say, hey, just don't be anxious. Just pray about it. I'm going to say, hey, shut up. <laughs> right? I actually would never say that because, you know, men like Pastor Gary and Pastor Chris have led me to a maturity where I would never tell you to shut up. But that's what the immature version of me would have said. But I'm sure you can relate to that, right? You can relate to the fact that it seems unreasonable to not be anxious about anything, but instead to pray about everything. Like you're telling me, God, that you want me to not be anxious about my career, ever. That you don't want me to be anxious about the test that I have coming up or about the college that I'm gonna get into or the state of my marriage or the state of my finances. Really, God, you don't want me to be anxious about anything? But thankfully, it's not just a call to not do something. It's actually a call to something better. And we know that is prayer. It says, don't be anxious about anything and instead, instead replace it with praying about everything. And the reason, the reason it tells us to pray about everything is because it's the pathway. Prayer is the pathway that leads you to that peace that it talks about. This type of peace that we only find in God, and it's actually a peace that goes beyond our understanding. If you look back at verse 7, it says, And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So prayer is that pathway to peace. So does it matter? Yes. You have been instructed to pray about everything because it's the pathway to peace. But we also see Jesus' model in his life that he prays a regular rhythm of prayer regardless of what's happening in his life. A few examples from the Gospel of Luke alone. Luke 5, 16 says, but he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Luke 6, 12 says, in these days he went out to the mountain to pray and all night he continued in prayer to God. Luke 11, 1 says, now Jesus was praying in a certain place. Now the rest of the stories and all of those goes on to talk about the miracles that Jesus did and the teachings that he delivered, but he started with prayer. He started with prayer. And there's actually many more examples and we'll capture some of those over this series, but I just wanna say this, Jesus prayed. He made time to pray. He found a distraction-free place to pray and he took it very seriously and we should too. In fact, this may be the best piece of advice that I'll ever give you as a pastor. You ready? That's a big claim, okay? The best piece of advice that I'll ever give you as a pastor is this. If Jesus does it, and you can also do it, you should do it, right? That's good advice. You can walk away right now, and you'll be set. So does prayer matter? The answer is a resounding yes. Okay, so if prayer matters... What is prayer? Let's take some, some time here and just look at what prayer actually is. There's a pastor in Portland named Tyler Staten, and uh, he wrote a beautiful, wonderful book on prayer. Our team's actually reading it right now. And I love how he described prayer. He actually described it in the introduction, so it's right off the bat. He says, prayer is the search for help outside of self. Prayer is the search for help outside of the self. So this narrative around 
us right now in this highly individualistic culture is that if you want to find yourself, you turn inward. And if you've tried that for any amount of time, right, if you've, if you've tried that at all, if you thought, oh, I'm just going to find myself in myself, then you've probably experienced a level of frustration that has driven you to points at times you might feel crazy. But prayer is the opposite of that. It's the opposite of turning inward. It's actually turning to God. It's turning to God for help. Prayer is something that you practice. It's like exercising a muscle. The more you do it, the stronger it gets. And it's the foundation of of the Christian life in the sense that you are centering your relationship around prayer when you communicate with God. So what is prayer? It's, it's engaging in the relationship that you have with God. It's communicating with God. It's hearing from God. It's being with God. All healthy relationships involve talking with somebody, listening to them, being with that person. And prayer is the primary way we intentionally interact relationally with God. And like all relationships, your relationship with God will take on different phases at different times, right? Relationships are dynamic and they grow and they flow and they change. And just like that, prayer sort of has that same flow to it. It's not this rigid thing that happens a specific way all of the time in a specific time in a specific place, although rhythms are really good. But there's these phases of prayer that you'll experience as you engage prayer more and more. Some of them feel a little bit more advanced, and so they'll come later as you begin to exercise your prayer muscles. But some of them happen right away, no matter how experienced you are with prayer. And so I want to talk about the four phases. This is just one way to break down prayer. The four phases of of prayer. The first one is this. Prayer is talking to God. Prayer is talking to God. Early on when we begin praying and we don't know what to pray or how to pray, and we don't even know if God's listening, but we still pray, we start by talking to God, right? We tell him our thoughts and our dreams and our desires and our hopes. And it seems elementary at times, but these prayers are foundational prayers for the Christian because they open the door to your communication with God. It's a level, a leap, a jump in faith to recognize, hey, I'm not even sure if God's listening, but I'm gonna take a chance. That's the door opening to prayer. That's talking to God. Phase two is talking with God. As we mature in our faith and our understanding of prayer and in scripture, we begin praying prayers that mimic the traits that scripture tells us we should be praying for right? One of these would be gratitude. So Philippians 4, 6, the verse I just read to you, it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So as we graduate, if you will, as we graduate, we become a little bit more advanced in our prayer and we start talking with God. We recognize that God wants us to bring our requests to him and pray about everything, but let's do it with gratitude, with thanksgiving for what God has done. Bring a heart of gratitude to your prayer because God deserves it. His goodness warrants it. 
Another trait is lament. Psalm, one, Psalm 10 verse 1 says, Why, O Lord, do you stand far away? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? Now, lament is probably not the most common word you've heard for this, but pain or frustration or anger, that's lament. It's, it's letting out our feelings, that those negative feelings, those things that hurt us, that well up inside of us. Guess what? God is not afraid to hear those things. We learn to bring those things respectfully to God, and they're actually beautiful prayers that God is in, he's, he's engaging you. He's hearing you. He does not forget these prayers. He's not upset by them. He's a good dad, and he wants to hear what's hurting you. Another example would be petition or intercession. Another word that maybe you're familiar with or maybe not, but the simple fact is, is that there are things that you need to ask God for. Maybe they're your own things, or maybe they're on behalf of somebody else. But you're going to petition God to do something. You're going to ask him to be the God he says he is and do the thing that you need. An example of this we find in Nehemiah chapter 1. It says, Lord, in verse 11, Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name. Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. Nehemiah is asking God, give me success. Give me success in this moment. It's okay to pray for that. It doesn't necessarily mean it's gonna go the way that you want it to go, right? We've all prayed those prayers, or maybe all of us have prayed. Some of us have never prayed. But regardless, you're going to pray prayers if you haven't already, and God just doesn't answer them the way that you want them to be answered. But it doesn't mean he's not listening. He says, let your ear be attentive. Will you please listen to me? Give your servant success. Please step in and take care of what I cannot control. And then, of course, another way to intercede is we ask God for something on behalf of somebody else. You have somebody in your life today that doesn't know they need to be praying for something. And God says, do that for them. Bring those things to me. These are examples of talking with God. Then the next phase, phase three, as I'm calling it, is prayer is listening to God. So the first two involved you speaking. And now you're actually entering into a phase where you want to hear from God. Eventually, you'll come to a point in your relationship where you desperately want to hear from God on a specific thing, or maybe you're just maturing enough and you say, God, will you just speak to me today? Our relationship deepens at this point because now we're not just giving to God our words, but we're actually receiving his communication back. Jesus teaches in John 10, verse 27, he says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So how do we hear the voice of God? That's a good question, is it not? I, th I think we've all been there. We're like, God, just give me something. How do we hear your voice? Well, the primary way that God speaks to us is through his word. It's through scripture. And so if you're praying, and you've prayed every day for something or someone, and you're just, God, I just want to hear from you, and you're not opening the word of God, you're not doing what you're supposed to do. <laughs> and I don't mean that in a mean way. I just mean like you're not 
you're not accessing the primary way God has chosen to reveal himself through Jesus and through scripture and the recording of Jesus' teachings. So as we develop our muscles and we start to actively listen, it's good to pray through scripture. It's good to ingest that and let that inform us about what God says, who he says he is and what he has planned. I had Jess read part of Psalm 103 and I just wanna read it again to you. It says, praise the Lord, my soul. All my, most, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your, mouth is re- so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. Slowly and thoughtfully praying through scripture is a great way to open the gate to hear from God. If you're thinking to yourself, I just don't have success with this, Pastor Rick, start here. Open a psalm, pray it. Let God speak to you through his word. As you exercise it, it will get stronger. And then the fourth and final phase is this this prayer is being with God. Slowly and through much practice, we develop this deep, deep relationship with God. And while there's not like really a single metaphor that sort of captures this whole being with God, the closest thing that I can think of is like a spouse or a best friend. Hopefully all of you have, have had a best friend at some point. For me, it is my spouse. And you know that you can just sit there. And you don't have to say anything. And there's just this level of comfort that you have with that person. Well, that's true as well for us in our relationship with God. As you pray more and more, you can just be with God and it blesses you. It blesses your soul. 2 Corinthians 3, 18 says, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So eventually, through prayer and through exercising prayer, we arrive at this place in our journey where we just are able to contemplate the goodness of God. And it's in this space where we are transformed more and more and more into the image of God. And it's in this space where this space and this phase where the words of God, the character and the nature of God, they inspire your thoughts and your actions. Some of you know what this feels like. Some of you don't yet, and that's okay. Work towards that thing. There's moments where I just, I just come to a random spot in the day for no good reason. And I just think, wow, God, you are amazing. But it didn't start that way. It really didn't start that way for me. It takes work, it takes time, it takes rhythm and practice. But here's a really important thing to remember as I, as I kind of close out these phases. No phase is a phase that you move beyond. These are kind of cyclical phases, right? So it's not like, oh, I start by talking to God and then I become more mature. No, you're always gonna talk to God. You're always gonna talk with God. You're always gonna listen to God and then you should always feel comfortable being with God. And if you're not there, that's okay. That's why we're doing this. That's why we're gonna build the habit and build the rhythm. But when you have the full-fledged sort of uh, experience that I'm talking about here, it will indeed change your life. 
It will indeed change your life. And it doesn't necessarily come easy, but it is incredibly important. Okay, so that was question number two, what is prayer? And if you have more questions on that, I'd be happy to talk with you more about that because I think there's a lot more there. I just had to make sure we didn't go two hours today, okay? It's for your benefit, not mine, all right? I could talk to you guys all day. So question number three, our final question for the day is, how do I pray? If prayer does matter, and it's this thing that is actually real and that there's these habits and practices and rhythms, then how do I do it? And so I want to approach it today by two steps. I want to approach the how do I pray question in two steps. First, I want to share with you that Jesus gave us a design for prayer. This is definitely the most practical question, which is why I wanted to close out with this one, because it will indeed be something that you use, hopefully this week. Jesus lays out a prayer in Luke 11, verses one through four, that I think we should all practice praying often. This is what it says. It says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And then it says, he said to him, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. Now this prayer on the surface, as you meditate on it, as you think about it, you realize this is a wonderful and robust prayer. And it's actually gonna be the prayer that we center this series on. We are going to break down the Lord's prayer and talk about it. And if we think about it at times, I know in my life that I feel like reciting a prayer has felt maybe inauthentic or ritualistic, but I've actually come to realize that the gift of prayers like this one, like the Lord's Prayer, if we pray them, um, when we pray them, even if we have nothing else to give God in that moment, we're in so much fatigue or so much pain or so much disbelief that God is even considering us, we have a model of how to pray. And it's this incredible gift that God gave us, that Jesus taught his disciples, hey, when you have nothing else, pray this. When you have everything else, pray this. When you feel like you don't know how to pray, start with the prayer that Jesus gave his disciples. Now, this does not mean that you can't also pray other things, of course, we know that. But this prayer will give you the gateway. It will give you the opportunity to pray in a way that is so meaningful and so robust and so beautiful. So that's step one. Pray as Jesus designed it. The other thing I would say about prayer and how we pray is just pray what you've got. So that first example is a very tidy, polished, theologically sound example of prayer. But then there's the reality that we often pray prayers that meet none of those requirements, <laughs> right? Like, God, what in the world are you doing here, right? I mean, that is actually a prayer. When you think about it, when you, when you say, God, how in the world is it going like this? You're praying. And I just, I just want everybody in here to know that prayer doesn't have to be this thing where you sit and fold your hands and close your eyes and say a specific thing. 
but rather it's what's inside of you. And like I defined it at the beginning with Tyler's um, quote, it's just turning outside of yourself for help. So you just say, God, I, I can't deal with this anymore. That's a prayer. God, I need your help. That's a prayer. Those are the things. And if that's all you've got inside of you, that's okay, because that's still a prayer. Start praying by telling God your most honest feelings about him, about yourself, and about the world around you. That is a gift for you and a blessing to God. Tell him your most honest feelings about him. God, I'm not sure you exist. God, you seem like you don't care about this situation. God is not gonna be mad about that. God, here's how I feel about myself. I don't feel like I'm the type of person you should love. Or, hey God, I feel the world around me is crazy. And God's gonna say, well, you're crazy too, but. <laughs> but yes, and you tell him these things and you give him your honest feelings. He can handle all of it. He can handle all of it. So here's my challenge to you this week. I would love for you to join me in praying the Lord's Prayer out loud every day this week. I'm gonna pray other prayers and I would encourage you to do the same. But will you join me in praying out loud, whether it's in your bedroom or somewhere that you work or wherever it is, when you remember, maybe even set a reminder to do this. Pray the Lord's Prayer out loud every day this week and then give yourself two minutes to listen to God's response. It may not yield anything other than, hey, I did what Pastor Rick asked me to do, but I think it's gonna yield more than that. I believe that God's gonna show up with a faithful action like that, and he's gonna give you a little bit more than you had yesterday, and a little bit more than you had the day before, and a little bit more. Pray the Lord's Prayer, and then tell him about the most pressing part of your day. God, here's the thing today that I really need you to intervene in. And here's the way I need you to do it. Just lay it out there for him. And then ask him to make his presence known to you throughout the day. If you do these things, God will speak to you. He will change your thoughts about him, about you, and about prayer. And that's what I'm looking forward to. Let me pray for you. God, we ask that you would Continue to invite us into your presence today. As your word has been speaking to us, God, as we move into a moment of response here, God, I just, I just pray that the things that are on our mind, our minds and on our hearts, our doubts, our desires, our hopefulness around prayer, like maybe, maybe, just maybe what Pastor Rick said is actually true. I really want that. God, I pray that those things would happen that you would show up in the lives of people who are gonna take seriously the call to pray and meet them where they are and reveal yourself to them through your word and be present with them. So we ask that today in Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Chris.